Hey guys, welcome back to the newest episode of Top of the Hill. Missed last week, I was out of town, but back in the studio today, and we got a pretty good episode ahead of us. We're going to talk the championship previews for the NFL, that's coming up this weekend. We're going to take a look back at the Ravens and some of their offseason questions now after their divisional round loss. We're going to talk about the retirement of Phillip Rivers and potential retirement of Drew Brees. And of course, we have to take a look at the Nets trade for James Harden and all the fallout of that. We're going to finish up with some segments, and then we're going to have our Top of the Hill takes of the week. So, like I said, pretty packed show, pretty exciting. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, so welcome back, Top of the Hill. And before we get started... How are you doing today, Tyler? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. It's been a long couple of weeks now in sports, so of course we got a lot to talk about. Baltimore area, first things first, we have to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. We have to. 17-3, to lost in the divisional round last weekend of the Bills. And to put it in one word, ugly. Nothing but ugly. I mean, I listened to the first half of the game on the radio when I got off work, and I caught the second half of the game, second quarter in the second half of the game. So it was... Three to three at halftime, and you have to be feeling good about things if you're a Ravens fan or if you're a Bills fan. I mean, it was a hard-fought game. You could tell the weather wasn't cooperating. I mean, Justin Tucker missed two field goals. <laughs> When's the last time you think Justin Tucker's missed two field goals? I think they said that was the first time in his career he missed two in one game under 40 yards. Or yeah, 50, so it was under 50 it yards. was something like yeah. crazy like that. And those I've listened to both of those on the radio, and there's just something about like listening to football on the radio where it hurts more. Yeah, but, like the first one, it's up. And it's off the upright. Oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is gonna be a long day. I could. That is when. That's not when I knew it was gonna be a long day. There was like it was like the first drive of the game, and there was a timeout the Ravens took, and I was just like, this is not good. Like, things are not looking good. So then they're like, okay, Justin Tucker, he's gonna line it up again. This time, hopefully, he doesn't hit the upright. And they're like, it's off the other upright, and I'm just, it's gonna be a long day, guys. It's gonna be a long day. It's three to three at halftime. You're fine with it. Bills come out in the second half. Looked a little bit scripted, of course. I mean, that's what teams do. They script plays in the first half, coming in the second half. Go down the field, get a touchdown, 10-3. to three. It's fine. It's fine. One score. The Ravens drive down the field, moving the ball well. Arguably the best they'd move the ball all night in that first drive of the third quarter. Nine-minute drive. A nine-minute drive. You're supposed to score points. You're supposed to come away with points. Pick six. Interception in the end zone. 101-yard return. Nobody caught him. Game was basically over there. I mean, Lamar ended up getting injured like two plays, two offensive plays later. Yep. I someone, I it was a different podcast I was listening to. They said that it like kind of just made it like a quick and easy death at that point, and I have to agree with that. Yeah, like full heartedly, because seventeen to three, that's hard to come back from already. Lamar being out, you're just like, okay, let's just let's get out of here. Let's let's regroup. Let's go into the off season. And here come the questions for Greg Roman, just like they did last year after the Ravens lost to the Titans. The Ravens ranked first in rushing yards and rushing attempts this year. They ranked 32nd in passing yards and passing attempts. First in rushing, that's great. You got to be like 16th at least in passing if you want to win a championship. If you have Super Bowl aspirations – that's not going to cut it. And we talked about this a little bit while we were prepping and stuff, and you just had some thoughts about it too. Yeah, I mean, because we were talking about bef- talking about this before the our podcast, and I said that – well, so you brought up an interesting point saying that you think they should hire a passing game coordinator, which I th- and keep Greg Roman as the OC, which I thought was a good point because I've just been thinking about getting rid of Greg Roman. I think that with Lamar as your quarterback, defenses are already scared – of your rushing game because of him. So I think regardless, you're going to have a top 10 rushing team with Lamar as your quarterback. So I say you bring in a pass, you know, a passing, pass-minded, you know, coordinator, Just, offensive coordinator, yeah. where you get things in the po- in a positive direction with Lamar's passing game. You bring in at least a receiver, draft some receivers that can take that heat off of Marquise Brown. And you just you get the X's and O's squared away in the passing game because your rushing game is going to be good regardless of who your offense coordinator is. Yeah, and I mean, and that's what we talked about, and that's why I brought that up because if you look at at Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator, this has always been how it's been. 
great at rushing and the passing has always lagged behind. It's always been in the back half when yep. he was in San Francisco with Kaepernick when they were tearing things up. The running game was great. Passing game lagged behind. Yep. You, you make a good point. With Lamar, you're always going to be able to run the football probably. Yep. And I think I think that Greg Roman is the perfect guy to scheme your run game, but he can't scheme the pass game. No. The Ravens also didn't get better at the offensive skill positions in the receiving game this year. Nope. They arguably took a step back because they traded away Hayden Hurst. They get J.K. Dobbins out of that. He looks like the guy, in the oh, running back, don't yeah. future. He looks like your running back. You lose your tight end, Hayden Hurst, to the trade. You lose Nick Boyle. He gets injured. He's out for the season. You have Marquise Brown, but we, we talked about this at length before we even put this, this part into the show, is in the positions of football, he's not your true number one receiver. He'll never fit into that mold. He fits into the mold of the guy that goes in the slot, the guy that can take the top off the defense, the field breaker. He's not your six foot three, two hundred and ten pound receiver that you can line up, say run a five yard slant, come across the middle, catch the ball, move the chains. He's five nine, one seventy. Yeah, I mean he put on a little bit of weight in the yeah. off season to get bigger to not get beat up. He's just not going to be your chain moving receiver. And for an offense like this, where it's just let's keep pushing the ball forward. Let's take time off the clock. Let's control the game. You need that guy. There was hopes that Des Bryant could be that guy. I mean, you couldn't expect that this year. I mean, they signed him halfway through. I think through. That he only played like three offensive snaps in that playoff game. Yeah, I, I don't think I, 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 I didn't see him on the field very much. Yeah. Um, pitiful game. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but still, I mean. It's just like they yeah. need to find Lamar Jackson, that DeAndre Hopkins, that Stephon Diggs type thing that they the Bills did for Josh Allen this year. Find him the guy that when things break down, I can throw him a 50-50 ball, and 75% of the time he's probably going to come down with it. That's what the Ravens lack. That's what people have hoped that Mark Andrews can be. He's a great tight end, superb NFL tight end. Not in the playoffs. He's disappeared in the biggest games. Disappeared in the biggest games. He had, I think he had like four catches or something on nine targets against the Bills. I mean, that's just off the top of my head, so that could be inaccurate. But against the Titans last year, he was a little banged up, and then he had the ball go off his hands that got intercepted. And things started to snowball from there. Three balls. So it's just, it's just like the Ravens right now, the way their offense is built is built to, to beat up and control the clock against the lackluster teams in the NFL. We've now seen it three years in a row. When you go against a team in the playoffs and their only job is to get past you. They've been able to figure out ways to neutralize the things that the Ravens offense does so well. And when you're behind now and you can't lean on your running game because it's not working or it's not working the way you expected it to, and you can't go out there and just complete a 10-yard curl route or something like that, five-yard slant, 10-yard curl, when your only shots is something across the middle with Mark Andrews where you have two linebackers dropping back and safeties converging, or a deep shot to Hollywood Brown that you're just hoping Lamar can hit six times out of 10. It's I'm scared that it could be the same story year by year over and over. And, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing that we talked about is, like, the window is closing because Lamar is – going to get paid and he arguably should get paid he won an mvp a unanimous mvp in 2019 he's a great playmaker he's a great quarterback whether people want to give him his due diligence or not very good quarterback you're running out of time to be able to put the big name pieces around him and then it's going to shift into where he has to make other guys better yep and if you're always going to be relying on lamar to make other guys better it is very hard for you to win a super bowl that way you got to give him something you got to help him out a little bit more you got the defense you have a very good defense in place now but we talked about it. They have a lot of good young players that are all going to be expensive. Yep. It breaks down eventually. We've seen it. The Eagles won a Super Bowl and then paid Carson Wentz. And look where they are now. Same thing happened with Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this isn't like – it's not new. This is the way things go in the NFL. Yep. You, you want to win a Super Bowl when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. We're now going into year four with Lamar, and it's going to be time to extend him. I'm not saying the Ravens shouldn't extend him. I think he's very good. I think he's good for the culture. I think he really is humble, and he really wants to win, and that's a great guy to have running your plays, calling the shots for your offense. But if it's six years of the same, here's Marquise Brown. He can can beat guys over the top. And Mark Andrews, if you keep him around, I mean, I'm assuming he'll probably get a new contract too. He's a great tight end. You need a game-breaker. You need a dynamic guy. You need a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it with Kyler Murray this year. DeAndre Hopkins won a game for the Cardinals with the Hale Murray. Yeah. He won a game for the Cardinals. The Ravens don't have that in their receiver room right now. Nope. 
if that's a guy stepping up in the receiver room, maybe Miles Boykin finally makes the jump that he was supposed to make, or maybe Dez salvages a couple of years. I don't know what the answer is right now, but I just watching the Ravens over the last three years. It's been awesome. It's exciting. It's so much fun to watch them week in and week out until you can see it start in the playoffs where you're like, this is too good to be true. Something bad is about to happen. So, I mean, that's my take on everything. Do you have any other takes before we move ahead? Because we have so much other stuff to talk about, and I don't want to keep harping on this <laughs> pitiful, pitiful end to the Ravens season. Yeah, the only other thing that I'm going to bring up is I think we have the same idea, basically, but I don't think that type of quarterback play is ever going to win a Super Bowl. I really don't. If if, if I, I believe in Lamar, I think he can definitely improve. He's – you can't really not improve your passing game. You can only go up from where he is now. That's bad to say, but it's true. But he – I just – the way he plays right now, if his first read is not open, he tucks it and runs every time. And, granted, that gets you six to ten yards every single play. But it's just, it just doesn't work. It, obviously, we've seen it three years in a row. It doesn't work in the playoffs. And I just don't think that type of offense, especially, but I just don't think that type of quarterback play will win a Super Bowl. So – Basically, if you're always forced to rely on Lamar Jackson to be Superman, and then you're he can't, and then somebody brings out a good scheme that does whatever it can to neutralize what he does best, and then you struggle and you don't have a guy to lean on, it's the same story over and over. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. Would I want Joe Flacco back? Probably not, because Lamar, you never know what he's going to do next. Yeah. But you can see it on the field when it's happening and things aren't going well. He's doing everything that he can, and it's just like there's only so much one player can do at a time. Yep. I mean, I mean, we talked about it, and you just said that like the dual threat style like isn't a Super Bowl winning formula. What dual threat do you know that's ever won a Super Bowl? We talked about Steve, Steve Young, Young, but he was still past twenty some twenty five plus years ago exactly. at this point. Like it, that's not recent. I mean, RG three had the great year with uh, Washington way back when twenty twelve. They ran the read option, made the playoffs. He broke down. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, when they won a Super Bowl, stepped back into the passing realm some more. Yep. Ran when he needed to run. And that's still all he does is really just run when he needs to run. He hardly ever runs a read option. Colin Kaepernick, they made it to a Super Bowl. But again, we talked about it. 2012, that was the year that NFL had to adjust to the read option, and they thought it would break the game forever. Yep. When that didn't work in 2018, Ravens draft Lamar, and they say, look, we're going to commit to this guy. We're going to do – what we can to make him the best player he can be. It's worked so far. He has like one of the best records of any quarterback ever, like mm-hmm. in the regular season to begin a career. You see it break down in the postseason. And this isn't me trying to just be negative. Like at this point now, we've seen it happen three times. It's if, just hard when you have so much hope from the regular season and then you get to the playoffs and the same thing happens over and over. Yeah. And and that's what all the big talk was about how this year was probably better for Baltimore to come in as like an underdog yeah. and not be the first seed. And, and they won all the they, expectations. Lamar got his first playoff. He got, he got the monkey off his that, back. He won his playoff game. Yeah. I said it in the week leading up to this game is I was scared mm-hmm. a little bit that the Titans game was the Ravens Super Bowl yeah. this year mm-hmm. and they won it. They, they got the victory. They, they walked out of there said goodbye to the Titans who've just kind of gotten out of their own lane a little bit after beating Baltimore in the playoffs last year. I don't know. It's all about the next step. Hopefully they get a full off season. We don't know with the state of the pandemic, of course, Yep. but there's been talk every off season that Lamar has got taken steps forward as a passer. I don't think he looked bad as a passer this year. He hasn't had the organizational yeah. help the to make him know. a passer that could win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really all, all we have on that one. The Ravens, of course, going into the offseason now with four teams left in it. Moving along to the championship round of the playoffs, it's going to be in the NFC side, the Packers taking on the Bucks, and then for the AFC, the Chiefs and the Bills now. And, man, what a difference in quarterbacking going on between the NFC and the AFC. In the NFC, it's uh, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, Lambeau Field, and Tom Brady taking the Tampa Bay Bucks to the NFC Championship game after beating Drew Brees, another, at this point, ancient quarterback in, in terms of the NFL. Two veteran guys, two guys that have just been there. I mean, Brady's in his first year in the NFC, but he's 
been to nine Super Bowls in his career with the Patriots. And Rodgers trying to get back there after he won his Super Bowl. Was that 2010? Yeah, yeah so this is a conversation I've had with a couple of people that just this week is who do you think the chance to – who do you think the Super Bowl would mean more for? Because there's an argument for both sides. Yeah. And to say that, like, sounds crazy. Like, a, like Brady has six, Rodgers has one. But Brady has six with New England. Yeah. If he won a Super Bowl in Tampa and it was like – because then the argument that, oh, he just had Bill Belichick, it's out the window. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot, especially because I, before the, or go, leading up to the season, I, I've always hated on Tom Brady. I've always respected him, but I've always hated on him. And I thought that he was a system quarterback with Bill Belichick. The only reason I'm going to say that it's more important for Aaron Rodgers' career is because I feel like most people already look at Tom Brady as an undisputable goat. So if, if that wasn't the case and most people still had questions, I would 100% say that if Tom Brady won a Super Bowl this year, he, like, you can't – I still think, like, even for me, I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback as far as accomplishments and all that go. But I'm always going to take Aaron Rodgers as my – I think he is the best overall quarterback of all time. I just think that Brady's always been in the way better situation and – I just think that Rodgers is a great quarterback. So I think, in my opinion, it will mean more for Rodgers, especially because Brady is 43 now. So, I mean, no one expects him to even go to the championship because he's 43 Yeah, years to old. even be here, to even be at the point he's at yeah. right now is astounding. And I think Aaron Rodgers most likely going to win MVP this season, and he's 38, 37. So I think him winning a Super Bowl after – his first one was 10 years ago. I think that would just be a lot better for his career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. A Super Bowl victory for either of these guys yeah, would be just, yeah, I mean, just that much to their yeah. legacy. But you made a good point about how you said, like, Rodgers is the best quarterback mm-hmm. you've ever seen and Brady's the most accomplished. Yeah. I think that's where, like I said, I was talking about this the other day with someone, and that's kind of the consensus we came to is there's a difference between greatest of all time, the GOAT, and what the best of all time is. Exactly, yeah. And that's not to say that being the greatest of all time is a knock at all. Yeah. Which would you rather be, the greatest or the best? I mean, neither of those are bad compliments to get. exactly. Brady, with the track record, with the six rings, with what he's been able to do this year with the Bucs, to me, there's no argument against him not being the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm -hmm. Whether you think he's a system player, whatever you think about Tom Brady, you can hate him, you can dislike him. The greatest quarterback of all time. Rodgers right now, probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time mm-hmm. that we've seen. Mahomes is on that track. I mean, he's only yeah. in year three. He has a whole career yeah. to go. I'm not ready to, announce, yeah. to anoint to, Patrick yeah, Mahomes exactly. as the best of all time yet. But it's going to be a long time until we see someone that can rival Tom Brady's greatest of all time standing. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes definitely has the best shot, though. He already has a Super Bowl. Yeah, so he, so he already has that one. If 10 years from now we could be like, man, he really won – Four out of six or something exactly, like that. Yeah. He could go on a Brady could, type run. Yeah. But I'm not ready to give him that no, yet. No, and no, some people no. are. And I mean, a lot of people fair. are already I mean, saying that yeah, he's like, going to, yeah. That they think he's I the think best just based on the track that he's on. But things change. Things exactly. change quickly in the very NFL. Quickly, yep. Change very quickly. Of course, there's more than just these two quarterbacks in this game. It's going to be the Bucks defense taking on Rodgers. And I mean, they they stood up against Drew Brees. And I mean, the Saints had beaten the Bucks both times in the regular season. And they just said, all right, well, we're going to win this one. They had, a, I think it was three takeaways, three or four yeah, takeaways. Well, they picked off – yeah, four. They picked off Breeze three times, and then they uh, stripped Jared Cook of a fumble. Yeah, so, I mean, so. they – and they've had a good defense all season. Like, they're going to be a good test. They beat up Aaron Rodgers when they played in the regular season. I don't think that matters. The reason I don't think that matters is because they were playing in Tampa. Now they're playing in Lambeau in January. Green Bay – Wisconsin yep. in January. So, I mean, I think Rodgers is going to get his. Devontae Adams is going to get his. If they can get the running game going with Aaron Jones, whoever's handling the carries back there. I think the Packers are far and away the best team in the NFC, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be where they are right yeah. now. I think the Bucks. I mean, they have their skill players. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris mm-hmm. Godwin. They have Antonio Brown. And Gronkowski has just been – even – a shell of what he was in New England, but it's been enough. Yeah, 100%. So I don't know. 
the Packers had their issues with their run defense, but they have a good secondary. They have Jair Alexander. He's mm-hmm. going to hopefully take one receiver away. You yep. would hope if you're if you're rooting for the Packers, you have Darnell Savage on the back end. I mean, my thoughts are is that the weakness of the whole Buccaneers team is their secondary. And Aaron Rodgers had six interceptions all season long. Two of those came against the Bucs in that one game. Yeah, and I I will promise you that will not happen again. Yeah, so it, I will I will bet all my life savings on Aaron <laughs> Rodgers not throwing. He's I I'm. You're hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, I swear you were betting your yes, life savings on Aaron Rodgers not throwing in interception. Uh, I just want to get okay. this straight. I just want to get this straight. No, 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 no not, <laughs> not one interception, but he's definitely he's not, not going to have two. Yeah. Okay, I I'm taking that bet with you right now. <laughs> right. I'll take your life savings when but the Bucks turn him over I, three times somehow. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to lose this game. They're playing, like you said, they're playing in Lambeau. This is the first time he's hosted the championship in Lambeau. He's I think he's been there three times now, and all three times have not been in Lambeau. It's been on the road. On the road, they're playing and. This he's going to be. This is going to be the game where he's been the most focused all season because well, he had a. T- that was their worst yeah, loss of the season. Yeah, for sure. And he's not going to do that again. And especially with a secondary where Taylor Heineke, a dude who was off the streets four weeks prior to that that Washington football game in the in the first round. And Grant, I know they didn't have any tape on him, but he still had one of the best games of all. Or. You know, tech, according to PFF stats, he had yeah. one of the best quarterback yeah. ratings of all time. The thing is just the thing with Aaron Rodgers, like in like the last, I'll say two years, compared to what he had been throughout his whole career, is he's finally the guy that just like doesn't care about anyone. Yeah, he's just like, hey man, I'm a good football player. Look what I can do. It's scary because this is his best that's, team, I think. And, and that's what I'm saying is like, that's why I'm glad that he is in this position because mm-hmm. I think he's just like. All right, wow, it's Tom Brady. Like, cool. Like, I'm about. To, I want to go to a Super Bowl. Exactly. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Let me go do this. Let me exactly. go throw the ball thirty exactly. times to whoever I want. Let me pick your defense apart. I'm very excited for this championship game. 100%. I think it's going to be very good. On the other side of things in the AFC, another very exciting game. It's the Chiefs and the Bills, and of course, we just talked about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Combined age of eighty years old, about give or take, whatever it is. On the other side of things, we have two very young, very good quarterbacks. You have Patrick Mahomes, who won an MVP, won a Super Bowl already. And you have Josh Allen, who was in the MVP conversation most of this year, took a huge step forward compared to last year. And as Buffalo playing in its first championship game in this millennium. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's just – it's going to be very good. Of course, Mahomes left the Browns game with – the concussion, but I don't see any way that he doesn't no, play no in this way. AFC championship. He could, he could not practice all week, and he's still allowed to play. So, and so he, he doesn't need to practice, to be honest. But so yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's easy to just sit here and be like, "Oh, the Bills are going to lose to the Chiefs." It's the Chiefs. I think the Bills have been waiting for this game since they lost to the Chiefs back during the regular season, mm-hmm. because Josh Allen has been in the MVP conversation. I just said it like 30 seconds ago. He's been in the MVP conversation. He has Stephon Diggs this year, who was like first in the NFL in catches and yards. And yards yep. So it's just, they came out against the Ravens. They didn't even run the ball once in the first <laughs> half. They're committed to their passing game. They have a good stable of wide receivers. They have Cole Beasley, who I've heard some people say is the best slot receiver in the NFL. He, yeah, he was, he was injured last week, but... Yeah, I mean, so nursing an injury, he's yeah. in the slot. He's taking those hard hits coming across the middle. Week. They have John Brown who can beat you deep, make Isaiah some catches McKenzie for you. Too is Isaiah a McKenzie. Yeah, he's really. They good. have they have guys. They have good players. And Josh Allen, he's mobile. He can score. He has like yep. the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback in the NFL since he came in back in 2018. Really? Even more than Lamar, I'm pretty sure. Which is sounds that's actually crazy. weird to say. Yeah, that is weird. But at the very least, it's going to be exciting. The Bills are flying high. They won that 17-3 ball game against Baltimore, the team that everybody was saying nobody wanted to see in the playoffs. Their defense played well. They won the game. They've gone through their adversity. They had a tough game against the Colts, won, moved on, won the divisional round. They have higher hopes than just being here, I mm-hmm. think. And I think that the argument that's been made for the Chiefs lately is that they haven't looked as dominant down the last stretch of the season. The biggest scary thing that you always have to worry about with the Chiefs is, like, are they about to just turn it on? and do it. I mean, Travis Kelsey, far and away, the best tight end in football this year. Tyreek Hill, cheat code. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick Mahomes calling the shots. A lot to be excited for. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how the, what the Chiefs' game plan is. Because last week versus the Browns, their first two drives 
were probably the longest drives I've seen a Patrick Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs team, uh, you know, complete yeah. in my whole time watching them the last three years. I think their first drive lasted seven minutes long. Now I don't know if that was their game plan because of the Browns' rushing game, which I kind of think that's what had you know. But I want to see if they kind of keep going with that, especially with Mahomes probably not practicing all week. Or if this is just going to be a high-scoring affair where it's just shot after shot, you know, Bills offense versus Chief and Chiefs that, offense. Okay. So before I say my take on the offense and whatever, a shootout would be so oh, everyone so would, awesome. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. It would be yeah. so cool, like a forty-one to like thirty-five final, and it's just like Josh Allen four touchdown passes, exactly. Patrick Mahomes five touchdown yeah. passes. That would be like some fireworks, like leading up to the Super Bowl. But you're right. The Browns had a run-dominant mm-hmm. offense, and what's the best way to keep a run-dominant offense? Keep up, them off the field. Out, yeah. out of the game. You keep them off the field. We talked about it. That was the first thing we talked about today, is that the Chiefs just have so much talent mm-hmm. on offense. They can do whatever. When you have Patrick Mahomes, who yeah. we just talked about, is already in the conversation of best quarterback ever in year four. Yeah, He's in year four of his career. The sky is the limit. Literally, the sky, the limit might even be higher than the sky, and I don't even know where that is. But they've had their weaknesses. The Bills are clicking on all cylinders right now. They are. I don't even know which game I would tell you is going to be better this weekend. Very good hopefully place. Hopefully both of them. Are oh, yeah, hopefully they're both very, very good games. Looking ahead, I mean, everybody looks ahead in sports. It's what you do. The Super Bowl is in good hands this year. 100%. Yeah. There's not a team that you're just like, how did they make it there? Like they're going to absolutely lose almost like how when the heat made it to the mm-hmm. finals against exactly. the Lakers this year, where you're just like, okay, we're not going to come out and say it right at like outright, but the, the heat are outmatched. Exactly. I don't think any of these four teams are that outmatched against the other. Mm-hmm. The only way the bucks are outmatched is if Brady has a bad game to start the game and then they can fall behind and things can get ugly. Yep. But I think Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes four very good quarterbacks for very good football teams, it's going to be a very exciting weekend. Yeah, I agree. To watch NFL I think football. regardless of who wins each game, I think it's going to be cool that out of the AFC, who is actually the better conference this year, with what normally it's the NFC the last like decade or so, I feel like I've always had the better teams. But you're going to have the AFC with a young quarterback coming out in the Super Bowl versus the NFC team, whoever wins, where you have an old – <laughs> old old head. He's yeah. been in the league for yeah, absolutely. Years. And, and, and we've talked about this all season. How it feels like it's the changing of the guard it in is, the NFL. Yeah. But you still have the old guys. You like have a thirty-seven year old versus a forty-three year old. These, these guys that were two thousands guys, two thousand tens guys. They're not going away. Nah, they're not ready still, to be done. Brady at this point doubles. could play like four more seasons. It and seems like it. It wouldn't be like a surprise. That's so crazy. Yeah. Just because, and. We'll get into this a little bit when we talk about Drew Brees a little bit later. He has made looking, being 40-plus and being an NFL quarterback, he has made that look effortless. Very committed to, like, taking care of his body, very committed to recovery, of course. I mean, you don't get to where he is without being committed to those things. I don't think we've ever seen this before with Tom Brady. It's going to be a while if we even see it again. So, I mean, the day that he eventually hangs it up, whenever that is, who knows at this point, it'll be – It'll be a sad day for the NFL mm-hmm. in general. But, yep, that's our, our championship previews. Uh, those games are both on Sunday this week. And then you got the Super Bowl a couple weeks after that. Moving ahead, we have to talk about Drew Brees, like I just said, and Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers officially announced his retirement today. And Drew Brees, I mean, he hasn't officially announced anything yet. But they're both looking like – I mean, Rivers is officially done. Brees is looking like he's on the way out. And what a career for both of these guys. So Philip Rivers officially announcing his retirement today after 17 NFL seasons. And I was a Philip Rivers hater. Philip Rivers hater when I was a kid. He just always used to tear up the Ravens so bad, like when I was a little kid. And like I just remember there was one game where they were in San Diego and he just lit them up for like four passing touchdowns or something like that. Taking a look at his numbers – because, I mean, the argument's already being made, like, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Does he deserve it? He finished fifth all-time in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He finished his career with 63,440 passing yards to go along with 421 touchdown passes. One ASC championship game appearance in his career, and it was on a torn ACL. 
so, against the undefeated yeah team against the against a very good very good Patriots team. 240 straight career starts, second all-time by a quarterback in NFL history. Great quarterback. Couldn't get over the hump in the postseason, I think, is what will, what will be said about Phillip Rivers as he goes forward and the knock on him in terms of his Hall of Fame eligibility. When we started to look at the numbers to get ready for the podcast today, we didn't even realize how good he stacks up. Fifth all-time in, in both of those meaningful quarterback stat categories – I don't know how he doesn't make the Hall of Fame when his time comes around. Yeah, I agree with you because at first I was thinking like I, I really didn't think that he was a Hall of Fame quarterback just because of, I guess, recent memory and then also the fact that he's never done good in the postseason. But, yeah, like you said, when we were reading off the stats, I just couldn't believe – I did not know he was fifth all-time for passing touchdowns and passing yards. And the number one thing that pops in my mind when I think of Phillip Rivers is that weird throwing motion that he always does. He looks like he's like – it's like rolling off his hand. He's throwing a sidearm kind of. I don't know. But I, th- I think at the end of the day, you're right. There, he's definitely above certain quarterbacks that have made the Hall of Fame already. Like, yeah, so I think he's – he should be I Hall think the, the biggest problem – for a guy like Philip Rivers is his era lined up yeah. with the era of Tom Brady, with the era of Peyton Manning for the most part, and with the era of now like guys like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and Drew Brees. So, and Eli Manning. I mean, just that was just five guys right there. I mean, Eli and him are same draft class. They'll be linked together. Ben Roethlisberger forever. I just now I can take a step back and be like Philip Rivers is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time just solely based on what he was able yeah. to do. He's, I mean, we, we were prepping and we were like had ESPN on in the background and they talked about like, he'll mean something to San Diego forever. And they don't even have the team there anymore. Let, let me take a step back. I don't know if I'll say one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, a very, very good quarterback underrated under very well. good underrated quarterback for his entire career that probably never got the credit he was due while he was playing yeah so hopefully that he can just get the credit that he's due going forward now yeah. if, if i'll say to put it in as many words as i can yeah because you bring up a good point there playing he played in the same conference as tom brady and and Peyton manning like you said who are without a doubt two top five quarterbacks of all time and he played in the same conference as them for his whole career, basically. Yeah, so that's so, a good point. He yeah. was always, you know, he has these stats, but he doesn't have the playoff, the playoff numbers. But he was so underrated because of he, he had yeah, two top five well, quarterbacks exactly. all time. He's, he's one of those guys where you're like, oh, well, it was just meaning meaningless stats because he never won the big one. Yeah. So much of your playoff success, we talked about it at the top of the show with Lamar goes into how prepared your team is to face X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Never won a Super Bowl. Probably wasn't going to win a Super Bowl when he went to the Colts. I don't think people no. thought that him going to the Colts made him them Super Bowl contenders. No. Nonetheless, a great career, a great career to look back on. One of the best trash talkers of all time, <laughs> and he doesn't cuss. <laughs> does not cuss. Dad gummit, he does not <laughs> cuss. I mean, we, we were talking about it when we were prepping. I mean, my favorite clip of him trash-talking all time was he threw a touchdown pass and he got knocked down. And he stands up and he just goes, 90-yard touchdown, 90-yard touchdown. And the like, def- defensive end is just like points to the ref. He's like, can you get him out of here? And the ref's like, come on, man, just get out of here. And he's like, I- I'm going to talk trash. I will talk trash. So, I mean, congrats on a great career, Phillip Rivers. Looking at another quarterback that – Hasn't officially announced his retirement. There's a lot of speculation that he's he's done now. Drew Brees. And Drew Brees actually began his career in San Diego. He was the guy before they got Phillip Rivers. Rivers. He actually, I was looking it up to prep it. He started as the backup to Doug Flutie. Yeah. yeah. And he's now finishing his career in 2020. If you asked me when Doug Flutie finished playing, I'd probably tell you the 1990s. <laughs> I would probably tell you that. Yeah. Is that bad on me as like saying that I'm – have an understanding of the NFL probably a little bit <laughs> I'm I'm sorry if you if I can't be held accountable for the NFL knowledge I didn't know from like 2011 on when I was old enough to comprehend stuff and like understand the game of football but Breeze I mean 
if we talked about how good Rivers' numbers are, Breeze's are better. And he won a Super Bowl. He, he could come back next year. I don't know. We don't know if he wants to come back and play again. I think he's earned that right at this point in his career. Yeah. He, in the last couple years, he's looked like he's on his way out. Yeah. He's looked like an Especially old quarterback. Year. And that's not a knock on him by any stretch or any like, thing at all. That's what happens when you get older and your your body can't handle the stress of an NFL season anymore. The reason that it looks bad, like for, for lack of a better term, is because of what Tom Brady has been able to do, the longevity that Tom Brady has sustained. Do you remember when Peyton Manning hung him up back, was it 2015 or 2016? Did he go out after he won the Super yeah, Bowl? So he went out after he won the Super Bowl. He didn't look great. He had the, no. the one year where he yeah, set the passing touchdown record, and then from there on, yeah, he bad, started yeah. to do but his de- decline a little him, yeah. bit. So, I mean, you, you looked up the numbers for Breeze. He finished first all-time in passing yards at this point and passing completions. And first in 5,000-yard seasons. Which he has like five, I think you said. Yeah, so no it, other quarterback has more than two. It's something like that. And the, not, the biggest knock on him when he came into the NFL was that he was too short to get it done. Six feet tall, yep. maybe. I mean, they fudged the numbers a little bit. 5'11", 5'10". Whatever. Be as tall as you want to be. That's how I see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, coming from, from yeah, two short guys. Coming from, from two um, six-foot dreamers. <laughs> um, but I don't know. You're just never going to be able to take anything away from him. And we talk about it all the time is like the recency bias. And it's like the Saints haven't, haven't made it back to the big show, the Super Bowl, since they won it in 2009. Yeah. But again, this is another place where Tom Brady has skewed – what success is supposed to be mm-hmm. one Super Bowl in a career that's hard to do it's pretty dang good for any quarterback so at least Drew Brees if he does decide to step away he leaves with a ring he leaves being a New Orleans hero yeah, in my 100%. opinion so I mean the Saints and you can kind of tell if you dig into their cap numbers there's something like nine million dollars yeah. over the cap next season this was the year yeah this yeah, was yeah. the year if we're gonna Finally, get there if we're yeah. gonna win it this is the year we're going to do it. And, I mean, Breeze missed games with injury and stuff. So, but it's just these are two – these are going to be two arguably legendary Legends legendary there. guys that are now stepping away from the game. And it's it's just nice to kind of take a look back at yeah. what they've been able to do, even if we didn't realize it while it's happening. And that's something that I've done a lot, and I'm starting to do it now with Tom Brady and LeBron James, like in basketball, is like one day they're going to be gone. So you can hate them all you want. At least, if you love the game, have respect for them yeah. while they're still doing it. Because they'll be gone one day, and you'll be like... You're witnessing history. Yeah, you're witnessing history. Like, yeah. you'll be like, man, those days are gone. Yeah. Like, Tom Brady's not playing anymore. Tom Brady's not getting the calls from the referees mm-hmm. anymore. Tom Brady's, yeah. not, Tom Brady's not yelling in your face after he just threw a 24-yard touchdown strike. It'll be gone, and it'll be a sad day for the NFL. Yeah. Or a sad day, like, for LeBron when he steps away for the NBA. So, it's good to take a look back at these guys and their great careers that they had in Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees. Okay, so a lot of quarterback talk today. We have to talk about Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. But before we even get to Deshaun Watson, let's take a step back. We have to talk about Bill O'Brien because the latest and greatest has just been – it's been craziness the last couple of weeks now with what's happening with the Texans and Deshaun Watson. But this isn't all new. This started, and it's been slowly working its way here. The Texans brought on Bill O'Brien in 2014. A couple of years. I mean, they get Watson in 2017. So they go to the playoffs. I think they won the division twice with Deshaun and Bill O'Brien as the head coach. So they get – yeah, in 2018, they, got, they went 11-5, first place in the division, went to the playoffs. 2019, 10-6, first place in the division, went to the playoffs. In that offseason – they traded away DeAndre Hopkins for a lackluster return. In most circles, I think people say, wow, you got David Johnson in the second round pick for the best receiver in the game. They didn't want to pay him the big money because they were going to have to pay Deshaun. So they traded, they moved on from him. Deshaun Watson led the league in passing this year and you traded away his best receiver. And you've also mortgaged your future away when you traded for Laramie Tunsil and you made the moves you did. I don't think the Texans – I don't think they have a first-round pick this they year. Don't. They traded it to the Dolphins, and it ended up as number third. three overall. Could you imagine how much help they could get for Deshaun Watson with the third overall pick this year? I mean, 
there's going to be one of the top receivers on the board. There's good offensive linemen in the top of the draft this year. The Bill O'Brien saga <laughs> flamed out so crazy. They had a lead on the Chiefs, a 24 to nothing lead, and nothing has gone right for them afterwards since that point. Nope. Bill O'Brien, of course, fired after four games this year after the 0-4 start. But now we're entering the offseason, and the Texans brass, like their, their upper level, their front office, their, their, big, their big wigs, have not handled anything like a top-level franchise that has a franchise quarterback in place, like the Kansas City Chiefs, like the Baltimore Ravens. Those are, I think you can make the argument, some of the premier franchises in the way that they do business and the way that they handle things. Teams like the Packers, teams like the Seahawks at this point. Like Those are teams that like you know they're going to make the right decisions. The Texans have not been behaving that way. The Texans have a franchise quarterback in place and basically played last season like the Jaguars, who were always planning to get to the number one pick in the draft. That's what their plan was this year. And now you see, I mean, they brought in like a consulting firm to try and find their next GM and then just didn't even use any of the information that the firm had. How can you not be upset if you're Deshaun Watson and you've seen this all play out? Because now you're looking at, I just re-signed here and they could waste my career away. They could literally waste my career away. And I mean, you, you've been following Deshaun Watson since his time at Clemson. He's one of your favorite quarterbacks. You've got to have some strong opinions about how all of this has been playing out. Oh yeah, 100%. And it's, it's very sad when you have J.J. Watt, who's one of already one of the best defensive ends of all time, after their final game of the regular season, he gives up to Deshaun and says, I'm sorry that we wasted one of your years. That is saying a lot because J.J. Watt, many of his years have been wasted. Practically his entire career. His whole career has been wasted. And that is saying a lot. And then you have guys like Andre Johnson, who was, who's probably the Texas – or. I guess behind D Hop now, but um, he's a Texans he was, legend. Yeah, he was. A, he's a Texans legend, and he was not. He didn't. He didn't speak up a lot in his career about anything like you know in the Texans or, organization and all. And when you have him posting stuff on Instagram saying to stand your ground and just in Deshaun Watson's ear, that is saying a lot. And I was also watching ESPN or Get Up the other day. And someone who said that they were very close, they had some close sources with the Texans. He said that it's not even nearly as bad as what they're telling, or it's way worse than what they're explaining on it's, TV. It's way worse than it what is we're hearing. Very bad. Can, can we just stop and think about that for a second? I mean, it's at the point where Deshaun's not even like calling back exactly. the people, like the head guys that he should be talking to at the Texans about yeah. all this. I mean, they finally just lined up an interview with the Chiefs offensive quarter coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Why would that not be the guy you go get for your star quarterback? You saw what he did with Mahomes. Exactly. I mean, Mahomes is a great quarterback. We we could talk about Mahomes for two hours on this podcast if we really wanted to. I mean, yep. I, I don't. I would get <laughs> tired. Deshaun Watson is in the mold of these quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson, with the level of success that he could have mm-hmm. if put in the right situation. What the Texans do next, each next each next step they take is going to be very very critical. If they because this is the other like interesting part about it all is in Deshaun Watson's contract he has a no trade clause, so he picks what team, which makes it team. like the M- the modern NBA mm-hmm. where the NFL is not like that. Where it's like oh you want out okay we'll just deal you to the yeah. team we can get the best deal exactly for with that no trade clause. If it gets to the point where he's like I don't want to play here he can either sit out. Or if they agree to trade him away, or he can retire. he can pick where he goes. Yep. So I don't know. My thing is like so, like you said, I've followed him for years now. When he, since he was at Clemson, and anyone who thinks that Deshaun is being a little brat or whatever you want to say about him, I promise you that is not the case. Deshaun no, yeah, Watson I, is one of the most stand up guys in the league right now, and I, I just think that I honestly think that. So, I'm sure everyone saw reports of Adam Schefter saying that when they traded D-Hop away, he was at uh, anger level of two, and now he's at 10 and all. I feel like he's always kind of felt this way the past year, ever since D-Hop. But I think now, since you have these players like Andre Johnson and J.J. Watt in his ear, I think they're telling him, like, 
I want you to get out of here. I think they're honestly telling him that I want you to leave. It's just I think that's the case. And, and I this think, and this is something I think that you can come to understand if you follow the NFL, the National Football League as a whole, is you would think that all the franchises were on a level playing field when it comes to how they handle business. Mm-hmm. With each thing that happens, the Texans are looking more and more like a team that's just content with being in the league. Yep. They don't seem to have those Super Bowl goals. They, they just want to make money. They just want to be in it for the money, for the for the cash flow, for all of that. The Ravens, whenever you hear anybody pretty much from the Ravens talk, they're like, we want to go win a Super Bowl. They've won two mm-hmm. since they started in 1996. The Texans started in 2002. They haven't been to a championship. I don't even think they've been, Yeah, they been, haven't been to a championship couple, game. Couple times. So it's just like, it's great that you can land a guy like Deshaun Watson. You can land your franchise guy. You just showed it to us. Mm-hmm. But if you don't the put it together, if, you, if you're not all set up, if you're not from top to bottom – focused on the goal of winning a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. winning winning a championship, things can get sour quickly. And Deshaun could play there for five more years and have great quarterback numbers and be awesome. We could look back on his career the same way people look Phillip back Rivers. on Phillip Rivers. Yep. Exactly. He didn't make it to the big show. He didn't make it to the big dance. He didn't do anything in the playoffs. It's at the point now where Watson can't even think about the playoffs. Exactly. Because they – we're four and twelve this year. Yep. It's just and he had he had a top five quarterback performance. Bill O'Brien was the best Patriots spy of all time. <laughs> he took what looked like it was a up and young, up and coming young team destined for further greatness, and blew it all up. And now he's going to go coach at Alabama, <laughs> and he'll and win a couple. Mark of my words. Two years from now, he'll be, be in, in the NFL New England game. coaching tree yep. somehow, and it'll be. Thanks. You kept them out of our way so Tom Brady could go get a couple more. That's my conspiracy this week. That's about all the NFL I can handle this week. Let's talk some basketball. Okay, getting back into things. We're going to talk some hoops. We have to talk about the Nets trade to get James Harden. Shook up the entire NBA. The NBA is the best reality show in all of sports. Probably not my quote. That's probably coming from somebody else. I've probably heard it somewhere before. You cannot deny that it is the best reality show in all of sports. Harden, for the last couple of weeks, was just like, I want out. I don't want to be in Houston. I want out. You saw it on the court. You saw it in his behavior off the court. The Rockets had no other choice but to make a deal for him. They made a deal. They sent him to the Brooklyn Nets, where he's going to join up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving now. The Rockets didn't get a whole lot back for him, but it's because they didn't deal him when his value was at his peak. They let it go in a couple weeks of the season, and – with a kind of t- ticking time bomb that James Harden was, it's just the value is just de- decreasing as time goes forward. So he, let's just talk about the Nets first. He's going to join KD. He's going to join Kyrie. Arguably three of the top 10 players in the current NBA on one team. There's two trains of thoughts. There's one train of thought where you're like, how could it not work? It's three of the top 10 players in the NBA. Then there's the whole other train of thought where it's, how could it not not work? Like, how could it not explode? Because it's James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Very good basketball players. Three of the bigger egos at this point in the game, too, I feel like. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack about this. Like, what takeaways do you have just from everything that's gone down? Yeah, so I was talking to my friend who is a KD stand before the beginning of the season when there was a lot of speculation about Harden to the Nets. And I straight up said that I did not think that they should deal for Harden because they would give up all their young players who that makes up their all their depth, which is very important when it comes to playoff time. Yes, it, like you said, three of the top ten players in the NBA on one team, which is insane. And I think KD can coexist with probably just about anyone now since we saw how he fit on the Warriors and they were – Everyone knows how they were before Kevin Durant. And then there was all these questions about who's going to handle the ball more, Steph or KD, when he went to the Warriors. So at this point, I think KD can coexist with anyone. My problem is Kyrie and James Harden. But you and I were talking about before the podcast, we both agree that we think James Harden is just in a – he wants to win a championship. He's tired of stat chasing, I think. 
So I think he just wants to win the championship. I think the main question that kind of remains unseen is Kyrie because obviously he hasn't played the last two weeks. And I love Kyrie as a person and what for what he does for the community with all of his money and stuff. It's just you, you can't really depend on him to show up every single game. And then we just – I'm very eager. I think they Kyrie is playing tonight on Wednesday night. So I'm very eager to see how him and James Harden deal with their ball usage. Yeah, absolutely. And you made a couple of good points. This, this is interesting because this is a little bit twofold. Now you have the three three great players on one team. You arguably have a new super team. It also allows for a path for the Nets to have their two guys if Kyrie can't be what he's supposed mm-hmm. to be. If he's not going to be reliable, if he really needs some time away from the NBA, like you've heard about, like, he, like he's been talking about how he's so much more than a basketball player. I truly believe he is so much yeah. more than a basketball player. You still have James Harden mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant. And like you just said about how Harden wants to win a championship. I think that is the veteran mindset that both him and KD have kind of adopted at this point. They're like, we've done it all in this league. We've led the league in scoring. We've been the top dog. At the end of the day, it's the rings conversation that Mm -hmm. always comes up. Let's, let's hook up. Let's work together. Let's go get one. Mm -hmm. But their depth, you said the thing about losing their depth and you have to make the argument and not all things in the NBA should just come back to, can they beat the Lakers because the Lakers won the championship the biggest sticking point for us was that where the Lakers have depth, the Nets completely just depleted what they had. The Lakers yep. are big in the front court. They have Anthony Davis. They have LeBron James, who in this newer NBA where it's wings and bigs, you have the best wing in LeBron James, and you have arguably the best big in Anthony Davis on any given night. You also have Montrez Harrell, who just won a sixth man of the year. You have Marcus Saul, still a very good veteran player. I mean, that's another key piece. The question, because the NBA is very much more so than the NFL is a looking-ahead league, if the Nets do what they want and they get they get to the finals, they get past the Bucks or the Celtics, whoever would stand in their way, can they go toe-to-toe with LeBron and what the Lakers have? I don't know. Nobody knows right now. Yeah. Your hope is that if one of these stars has an off night, the other guy's going to step up. The yeah. other two guys are going to step up. you got to feel for Steve Nash. He's got to feel for Steve Nash. First year as a head coach, and he has to deal with all three of them. I mean, it's a, it's a Kings problem to have. It is, like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a fun challenge, I guess. But like I said, two trains of thoughts. How could this not work? But if you're in the other camp, how, how could, could this work? not not work? If things explode, it's going to be very big, explosive type deal like it's just gonna and at this point we both agree it's championship or bust 100%. But that's the thing is like 100%. they did the same thing when they traded for garnett and pierce yep. and jason terry i mean maybe ray allen was in that deal way back when mm. it was it was so long yeah. no i don't uh, i don't think ray, ray allen, allen was no. it was so long ago they traded away they they mortgaged the, the the farm to try and go win a championship it didn't work they had players in the back half of their career if you win a ring this year it's worth you it. win a ring next year it's worth it all those first-round picks you lost, the whole all that depth, those great players you cultivated, are gone. I think okay, just for a second, I think it's so cool that the Brooklyn Nets are good because, yeah. like the Knicks have always kind of been the premier New yep. York franchise. There's just something so cool about, about the Brooklyn yeah. Nets, and that's like I the agree. best way I can put it. But I think I think we kind of covered the bases with Brooklyn, looking at what the Rockets got back for trading away James Harden, who's been their superstar for the last half decade almost a full decade at this point they get back they get victor oladipo from indiana and there was like four teams in the trade or whatever Mm -hmm. they're not going to contend for a championship this year i feel like you have to like the team that they still have in place if you're a houston fan you have to accept like we're not going to be able to go and make a run with any of these premier teams in the west but you have a veteran in john wall who just had a terrible exit from Washington when dealing with injuries and just not wanting to be there anymore with the Harden drama. He's been forced to be a true veteran, a true veteran. That's like, look, we're all here for one common goal. That guy's not here for that. We still got to go out every night and do our thing. You have DeMarcus cousins who has been had his fair share of antics in the NBA since his time started. He's even said like the disrespect didn't start today. It started way before that. He's had to be a veteran about this. Mm-hmm. They trade for Victor Oladipo, who has never been a superstar, 
He's been a consistent good player wherever two he's way, been in his very, career. Two ways. Player. Another savvy veteran type player. And then they have a guy like Christian Wood who's been coming into his own he's a little bit this year. He yeah. called Shaq a casual last week. <laughs> yeah, for Shaq said he, had, he didn't know about him. I don't know. You you built your future up. You have a decent core in place now. I mean, it's the same thing as the Thunder situation when they traded away Paul George. They got all those picks back, and they have a young. Well, I guess the Rockets have more older players, but they still have a bright future ahead yeah, with all the so picks that they have. I, and then and then they also had CP3 last year. Yeah, I actually like that. That's did. exactly so. That's yeah. what the Rockets are in position to do now. And no no one thought that the Thunder was even going to make the I mean, playoffs. just look what the Thunder did in this offseason. Exactly. They moved on from Chris Paul after the, the gap year, basically. Mm-hmm. They have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They got rid of Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. They said he's not going to be a part of our future. They're well prepared going into the next decade of the NBA. Yep. And that's where the NBA is different from like team, like leagues like the NFL. It's, like, it's always win now in the NFL because seasons are short. Yep. They seem long, but seasons are short. The NBA is more of a marathon than a sprint. And if you're not one of the top five, six teams that's vying for a championship, you're tanking. You're looking forward toward the future when these guys aren't going to be the top dogs anymore. And hopefully you can get it right with the timing and you can get over the hump and get to a championship. The only other news from the Harden trade that's worth talking about right now is, of course, Karis LeVert, who got dealt to Indiana as part of the trade. He had an MRI. He had to take a physical to process the trade, and it revealed a, a mass on his kidney. So he's going to be out indefinitely while he gets that taken care of. And it's just like he said that this probably saved his life. Yeah. And just, I mean, sports writers and stuff have talked about how as good of a basketball player as Karis LeVert has been so far in his NBA career, arguably a better person. Mm-hmm. So you're just glad to see that it sucks that he had this so mass on his kidney and, or whatever. Yeah, it's oh, terrible. Yeah. Hopefully he can get it right. He can get it figured out. He can come back healthy. And then he could be the face of the Indiana Pacers for all we know. And it's just like he kind of got lost in the mix when everything started moving to Brooklyn. Yeah. I wish nothing but the best for Carrie And I don't think many people are wishing him ill or anything. But it's just like, sorry, you got caught up in the franchise's bigger plans to win a championship. But you got to be so thankful because – NBA. I feel like NBA, just sports professional players in general – they probably get a uh, uh, physical what once a year if they're not injured. Yeah, at the like, beginning of the season. Yeah, probably. So, so if he didn't like, get traded and get that physical, it could have gotten that much yeah, worse. It, exactly, could have gotten he, he that might not much have, worse. They might not have found it for another year, and who knows yeah, what. Yeah, so happen. so he's you of know course, we're he's wishing, thankful, wishing him thankful. well. We're all thankful. Hopefully, it goes good. A little bit of, it's not. I don't want to call it bright news. I mean, it's a good thing that they found it. Yeah. But if this had to come out of him getting dealt yeah. from Brooklyn, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's go get this man right because he has a long life ahead of him exactly. besides just basketball. Exactly. So that was our, our NBA talk. Uh, NBA season is in full swing right now. That's the biggest news, the Harden trade, and now how the Nets will move forward. We have a couple of segments to do today. Um, we have some good segments, in my opinion. We have our, our favorite segment that we've done, in case you missed it. And then we're going to do this segment that we just made up before the show today. It's called Who's Got Potential? The first segment we have today is our In Case You Missed It this week. And that In Case You Missed It news is that Sarah Thomas will become the first woman to ever officiate a Super Bowl. The NFL announced that earlier this, this week, I believe, on Monday. She's going to be the down judge, and it's going to be... I mean, women in officiating is still like relatively new to the mm-hmm. NFL. I gotta say, I want to say I say the last five years a lot when we podcast, mm-hmm. but I feel like in recent memory, like it's the last two to three. Like you just you see, because you see the referees when you watch games, and you're like, oh, that's a woman, and that's like sounds weird to me to say, but you notice because she has the longer mm-hmm. hair than like a male referee, and you're like, there used to be a stigma that like for whatever reason that women couldn't officiate. Hopefully that is gone. Like hopefully that stigma that that women can't be NFL officials is gone. I think that this is the step in the right direction. It's it's so awesome. That's that's all I can describe because it's well deserved. And I Sarah Thomas, I've heard her name as an official before. And when you know an official's I name, I believe she was the first one. Yeah. NFL, so yeah. so when you know an official's name, that's a big deal because yeah. you don't know an official's name. No. You know an official's name for two reasons: if they're a pretty good official, or if they're terrible. Sarah Thomas falls into the first category. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's our in case you missed it. What is, what's your takeaway from all of this, if you have one? Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, and this is coming in, I believe it was 
one of the final weeks of the NFL, we had a game where all of the referees were African-American. And that was the first time that a single game in the NFL had been officiated by all African-American referees. So I just think that that's like really cool to have in the same year, you have a woman who's going to be a referee for the Super Bowl. So I think we're definitely heading in the right direction in sports overall with diversity and gender equality yeah. and all that. So I just think it's awesome. Absolutely. And just like the argument that like, oh, well, women didn't play football. How can they possibly officiate football? I, I've done some officiating in college. I'm nowhere near as good as like an NFL official, of course. That's not very but, hard though. No, but there, <laughs> there's like when we do officiating, like there's guys and there is girls. And if you work hard in like the classroom portion of it and then you work hard at doing it once you get it in live action, anyone can do it if they're dedicated enough. It's not whether you played this sport or you know the game. So like you said, moving in the right direction with all these things, moving towards more equality, moving towards if that's your dream, there's no reason you can't go do it. So again, another good in case you missed it this week, moving forward to the other segment we have, it's called Who's Got Potential? We both tried to just put an NFL spin on it because it's the first time we're going to do it. This was an NFL-heavy show. My Who's Got Potential, Urban Meyer, taking his first NFL job of his coaching career, spent his entire coaching career in college before this point. He's going to become the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the reason that I picked him for my Who's Got Potential is because I'm sorry, but I can't think of a better situation to enter as a first-time head coach. The Jaguars are going to have the number one overall pick, along with nine other picks in the draft and the most cap space in the NFL coming into this offseason. It's something over $70 million. So it's just like the expectation obviously cannot be for him to win a championship in, in the first year, but you can potentially build an entire future for a franchise with this draft. With this, You're going to probably get Trevor Lawrence, and if you put the other right pieces in place, you can jump up to like how we talked about being one of those successful franchises like a Baltimore, like a Kansas city where you're in contention year in and year out pretty much for no matter what you do. So I don't know. I'm excited for, for what urban Meyer is going to be able to do. If there was ever going to be something to get him to jump to the NFL stage, I feel like this is it. So that was my, who's got potential. You had another really good, who's got potential. Yeah. So mom, so he is the, he was a former 49ers defensive coordinator and I'm sure a lot of you have probably seen him over the last couple of years. He's probably the most famous – or not famous, but, like, the most known defensive coordinator in the league. Recently. Yeah, at this point, I feel like you can make yeah. that argument. He has a holdback guy. He has a guy that would literally keep him yeah, from running on the Yeah, field. exactly. Like, so – but, yeah, so the New York Jets, they just signed him to a five-year deal, and he's actually the first-ever Muslim head coach in the NFL, which I think is pretty cool. And then also, I, just, I like his story. So his brother, David Sala, he was – working in the south tower of the world trade center on the day of 9 11 and as soon as he heard a bomb go off is what he said he ran down 61 flights of stairs and as soon as he got outside he saw the one of the planes flying into the south side building that he was in so and then after that of course robert and his dad were worried sick about his brother and from that day on, Robert just said nothing in life is guaranteed. And he wanted to move along with his – he just wanted to get a start on his NFL dreams. So he started coaching, and 20 years later, becomes the 20th head coach for the New York Jets. I think it's just – I think it's a great move for them in the right direction. You, Adam Gase, terrible head coach. Everyone knows I hate him so much. But Robert, he has the leadership. He has that – I don't even know, just the style, the swag. Yeah, he kind of just – he has, like, that it factor. Yes, I, I think – and he knows his X's and O's. And I, I, I think it's a great hire for the Jets. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. They have the number two overall pick after the Jaguars, and then they have nine total picks in the draft. So I think he's in a great situation as well. I have two things. One, being the head coach of the New York Jets after that story that you just told, like – you can't write a better yeah, story than that. Like you're back in New York. Exactly, where yeah. This is what made you realize like, this is what I want to do. Exactly, like, yeah. And then two, we, you just talked about how like Adam Gase was a bad coach. If someone checked my math on this, I would probably be extremely wrong on it. I feel like defensive coordinators 
typically can do a better job becoming going from defensive coordinator to head coach mm-hmm. than most offensive coordinators can go from offensive coordinator to head coach. I mean, just look at Brian Flores with the Dolphins. Is If you can bring a good defense somewhere, mm-hmm. you can try to figure it out yourself. You can find someone to figure out the offense. But if you can't get that defense right, you're just always going to be searching for something that you don't have. I like that a lot because I've always thought that as well. Because if, if you're a great defensive-minded coach, you know that bit, that if you put in that great defensive scheme into your te- new team, that only makes your offense better. But when you have – and you could say the same for offensive coordinator when they come to a new team and you have a good offense, it makes your defense better. But not really because a defensive coordinator, he also knows the ins and the outs of how to what makes a great offense and for what, sure. what succeeds against great defensive schemes and all that. And you can't really say the same about yeah for off- sure. Well, I mean, the saying has always been that like defense wins championships too. But yeah, so like that's just a whole another like notion to all that. Yeah. But that's a conversation for another day. That was our new segment. Who's got potential? We're about to wrap up the show. All we have left is our top of the hill takes for this week. All right, so about to wrap up the show, but we have to do our top of the hill takes this week. It's been an NFL theme show. I mean, we talked a little bit of hoops. We talked about a little bit of other things, but a lot of, a lot of NFL. My top of the hill take this week is that Josh Allen will outperform Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. That's my take. It could be very wrong. Patrick Mahomes could pass for 10 touchdown passes, and I would just be like, he must have heard this podcast this week. <laughs> I don't know. Josh Allen's been playing like a star. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt in this one. I think he will have a better game than Patrick Mahomes has. That's my take. What's your take? Yeah, mine is that the Packers will beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by three scores at least. At least. At least. At least three scores. Yep. I mean, that's a little bit. That's a good topic. We got to have take. a hot take. I yeah, mean, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, he's going to be flawless this game, I believe. And I just, I don't know. All right, so keep your eyes out for those. Josh <laughs> Allen outperforming Patrick Mahomes. Packers winning by 21-plus. Eh, maybe not that, but three scores plus. 17 plus. Yeah, so that's our show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun recording it today. Good to be back in the studio, back in the lab, if you will. But, yeah, so that's our show. Hope you guys had a good time listening, and take care. <laughs>